0: everybody to episode one of the South Congress podcast. Um, I'm in in the mothership, I'm in the dungeon, I'm in the bat cave that is bigger, faster, stronger training. I'm here with the owner, proprietor, head trainer, uh, drill sergeant, head coach, whatever you want to call him, Mike O'Hara. Mike, how's it going,
1: man? It's going great, man. How about yourself? I'm
0: doing well. I'm doing well. So to give everybody a background, kind of Mm -hmm. everything, Mm -hmm. almost a year ago, um, you and I kind of started talking about this. Mm-hmm. I told you I wanted to do a show. I told you that you know I was interested in talking about about you, about some things about your life, about your business, um, just because I grew up around some really interesting people. Um, and you kind of the first person who jumped in my head. We've had some conversations over the last five years that are really different than conversations I thought we'd ever had. And right, so, you know, it, right. it stuck with me. It was like, this is a guy I have to sit down with. I have to talk to. Um, got to get his story out there. And then um, really want to touch on the things you're doing now, the way you're helping people now. Because to me, it's, it's just really impressive stuff. Um, and I told you even before we got on here, the first thing I was going to do, I'm going to try to embarrass you as fast as I can. So let's see. Let's see where we get. Um, Mike, I can pinpoint the day that I knew That you were different than most people I know. And you're not going to remember this. Um, It is. It's our first JV game our junior year. I want to say we're playing MacArthur. At home. Okay. And you are absolutely pissed. To even be there. You're pissed. You. And I don't mean pissed in the sense that. I am too good to be here. But it was like. As hard as I work, as hard as I go, this is not where I belong. And as a matter of fact, if I'm remembering it right, you were a backup that game. You didn't even start that game. And you went in there and you tore shit up. There's not a better way to say it. And it was after that game uh, we had, I want to say, Chalo went down. The varsity game that week. And the coaches were looking for a guy to fill that spot and immediately thought of you because of how you performed in the game the day before. Does that, does that all kind
1: of ring a bell to you? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's funny. Um, yeah, well, first of all, thanks for uh, for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. I'm honored. I appreciate all the kind words that you've said about me so far. Um, but, yeah, uh, that, that was an interesting. Uh, I mean, you, you, you nailed it pretty well. Um, it was... Yeah, it definitely wasn't a cocky, arrogant thing that I felt like I was better than anybody, but it was definitely, uh, and, and in fact, you've said it better than I've ever said it. Um, it was definitely more of like, man, I'm, I'm the first guy in the weight room, the last guy to leave. Like I'm, um, but I was never given an opportunity a sophomore year. Matter of fact, I didn't play one play on JV. I never got in the game. You know what I mean? So they obviously had no idea what I was capable of. Um, and uh, yeah, interesting, interestingly enough, uh, um, and I, you know, I actually gave myself three games, um, and I was like, man, if I'm not on varsity by the third game, I'm quitting, I'm done, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've worked too hard, and uh, and it worked out. Obviously, you know, Chalo got injured, and I think I think Fox did too, because he was he was behind Chalo, and then um, and then yeah, they bumped me up. I went from backup JV to starting varsity in one week, which is which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's what you
0: said. It's um, for people who don't know, we went to, uh, we went to Taft High School in San Antonio. Um, actually, our, our freshman year, you know, program was good. Coaches were good. Stuff happens behind the scenes. That guy's out. That guy takes a different job. So, right. we get these new guys in who eventually turn out to be really good, but you don't know right away. So, right. kind of the thing that happens is if you don't have that familiarity already with those guys and they don't know who you are, some guys get lost in the shuffle, right, and at the time, you know, Mike, you're one of those guys, and then, probably, oh, I'm sorry,
1: yeah, no, no, I kind of, I was kind of lost in the shuffle from the jump, because I I actually, I went to to a Catholic school from kinder to eighth grade, so I wasn't you know, a lot of like that, you know, the high schools with the big five A's, obviously the, the coaches know who's coming to their school out of the out of the middle schools in the area, the feeder schools, you know, and they, they can select. They have a pretty good idea as to who's going to be, you know, their next uh, up-and-comer, you know, if you will. And uh, But, you know, the kids like myself who come from a private school, transitioning into a big public school, um, you know, at a private school, man, I was – I never came off the field. Never. I mean, I was, I was a wide receiver. I was a, I was a linebacker and a safety, a corner. I mean, I was a kick, a, a kick returner, punt returner. I mean, you know. I mean, I never came off the field. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, being at a private school, um, you don't have near as much competition as you do as a big public school. Um, and so coming in, I was kind of, um, you know, nobody knew me. Nobody knew. Um, and I was small. I was real small, um, freshman and sophomore year. Um, kind of grew up a little bit, junior and senior year, and put a little bit of size on. So uh, it worked. It worked out, you know. And, and here's another thing. Um, from where
0: from where I stood, being you know on the outside looking into your situation, it seemed like those guys, those varsity guys, pretty much accepted you off the jump, it, and that's how it seemed. Now is that. Did it take a little bit a time to transition? You being a younger guy, they're not being so many younger guys on varsity. Do you think that happened pretty quick?
1: No, I, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really have any issues. Uh, from what I remember, it, it was yeah, it was a pretty smooth transition. Um, yeah, no, it, it worked out great, man. And I think
0: what that is again, you are a gym rat. You carry yourself like that, and I think they they recognize the work and they respect the work. Um, and, you know, we went to school with guys, you know, names on top of your head. You go to school with the, the Robert Merrill's and right. the Otis McDaniel's and right. the Stephen Williams. These right. are guys, and the Ram Vailers, guys right. who are just athletes. Right. Guys who, you know, CJ Thornton. CJ Thornton, you main, supernatural athlete. Right. You're talking about guys who, not that they don't work hard, but they just have it. Right. They just, and Fox included. Right. The guys that right. just have it, they can just go and then. You know, you being a bit different, not saying you weren't athletic, but when I think about our transition from junior year to senior year, again, you're the guy that coaches say he's always in here. Or summer workouts, they were like, this is the first guy in, this is the last guy out. He busts his ass, and they recognize that, and so everybody else has to. Right, right. And I think, um, you know, probably the thing. That you get the most credit for. I don't know if it's direct, but I remember. Uh, I want to say it's the Pearland game. This is our, our junior year going to state, mm-hmm. and you playing that kind of nickel position. Mm-hmm. Um, coach holding you on the side, and then throwing you in depending on what offensive set they ran out. You know, because they had you know top recruit quarterback at the time, yeah, they and, and you're the guy who's putting that confusion in his mind, and so it's throwing off their whole game plan. Yeah. And so I think that's you know outside of hard work when we're talking specific Xs and Os that's kind of the thing you're credited with okay so we transition to senior year okay you get all the way to state that goes the other way everybody's disappointed about that right, right? but yeah. um so you're you're one of the guys now okay this is this is your team we get to a situation kind of later on in the season where you know for whatever reason you can't play that first playoff game Right. Okay I talked about um, that time our sophomore year, I'm sorry our junior year when you you know are fed up to be where you are. Now, emotion in football is one thing. Um, probably you know again, us not being guys necessarily hung out growing up. your reaction after that first playoff game is the first time I realized what team meant to you. Because, you know, a guy can go in, he can lift weights, Mm-mm. and he can run, and he can put guys in the right position, but this is different on kind of a personal level. This is you, you know, caring about people, and not necessarily people that, you know, you go to Taco Cabana with after the game. This right. is this is the guys who, you know, are in there working with you, you know, wear that same mm-hmm. jersey, and that was heavy for me, seeing just, you know, you being emotional to... You know, knowing you could have maybe done something different to help more in the situation, but it didn't go your way.
1: How did that affect you on that level? Man, um, that that was that was, you know, it's crazy because, you know, being a seven, other thing on seventeen, I was seventeen. Um, you know, I, I well, I mean, I, every obviously, everybody, but you're still a kid at seventeen. I mm-hmm. mean, hell, even until you're twenty-one, I feel like we are. Which know? is how I um, feel, too twenty-one, you know yeah, 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 and, uh, but that was the first and the only time in my life that I can truly say like that I was truly depressed. Like I've, Mm. I've never felt depression. I've always been pretty good about, um, you know, rolling with the punches and just, that's one thing my mom used to always tell us, you gotta roll with the punches, you know, and just, and just facing any adversity that just with, with a positive attitude. So I've never really been one to, to, to get down on myself and, and, you know and think about things for too long and uh but man that was that was hard um i remember just sleeping all day and you know football was my life yeah i mean it was my life as a senior in high school you know what i mean as it is for most kids i mean if if you if you play the sport and you, and you do pretty well at it i mean of course you're gonna love it and enjoy it you know and uh it was hard man it was real hard it sucked it's sit, there it stands, yeah, sit there in the stands yeah sit there in the stands and you know, and see the guys that you, you know, sweat, blood, cried tears, everything, you know what I mean, with. And uh, and there's nothing that you can do about it. You're sitting mm-hmm. in the stands and there's nothing. When you know you could have helped them. Yeah. You know, maybe not have changed the outcome of the game. You never know. It's hard to say one man could do that, one mm-hmm. kid could do that. But I certainly could have helped. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, so, yeah, it, it was real hard, man. It mm-hmm. sucked. And, again, like, not, you know,
0: us not being super tight. But, you know, coming up, like, troublemaker's not the word. But the the thing is you, you were see, uh, yeah, no, dumb is ass, well, you know knucklehead, I mean just... Tough to a fault is probably what I call. It. Okay. I think, you know, a lot of times you felt the need, you know, to prove yourself. That didn't always put you in the best spot. Right. But, you know, this was kinda again, not us not spending a whole lot of time between maybe 17, 18 and 24, 25. Right. It kinda seems like, you know, <clears throat> that moment was sobering you know what I mean it, it right. made things slow down a bit um so you know we get past that you you go off to play a little college ball and there's a Cisco right correct okay yeah. so me not knowing too much about that tell me about your experience there
1: so that that was a, a interesting uh couple years there man it was, it was a lot of fun um but in a total different way totally different kind of fun than I've ever had so um <clears throat> it, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere Mm-hmm. You know, off of I twenty, about about uh 35, 45 minutes um, east of Abilene, which is a smaller city as well. But Cisco, Texas, man, there's there's two street lights. I think you know there's a Dairy Queen, as there is in most small towns in Texas. Um, I think there was a Sonic, uh, and and that was it. You know, um, it was a dry county. You had to drive fifteen to twenty minutes to to buy beer. Mm. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, I, so any, so, you know, after I got into that trouble, and I was, you know, kind of like what you touched on, I was kind of always uh, a knucklehead, and so any any schools that, that were looking at me, and I didn't have a whole lot, but I had a couple of small schools looking at me, and, uh, you know, I, there was nobody after that, um, you know, so I had to walk on to Cisco, um, junior college, and uh, luckily I got a scholarship after the first semester, I mm-hmm. did pretty well during spring ball, but, because, uh, yeah, I took a semester off, out of high school um and then I went up there during spring um and uh you know it, what was funny is it is it, 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 kind of the same thing that happened in high school happened in college where I kind of felt like I was getting overlooked you yeah. know and so at that point I was kind of over it you know and so um you know I got registered in my first year which I felt like I shouldn't have been and and there was a pretty um general consensus across the rest of my teammates they're like why aren't you playing, why aren't you, you know, and Mm -hmm. so, that's when I knew, like, all right, this is, this is bullshit, I'm, you know, and so that's when I just kind of, I wouldn't say gave up, but, uh, I didn't have the fire, um, you know, that I once had, Mm -hmm. um, to continue to push and drive, and, um, so I, you know, I started partying, you know, chasing girls, and, and boozing, and, um, which is the same thing I was doing, except in school. So right. They, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm talking going to practice hung over, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> you know, going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it was funny, man, because I, I met a lot of great people there. The guys that I, you know, will be lifetime friends mm-hmm. and um, from all across the, the, the city or the state. And, you know, we obviously grew up in San Antonio, you know, definitely. um I would say for all intents and purposes, city boys, you yeah. know? And uh but going out to Cisco, man, it's all country. It was a big culture shock. And uh I loved, loved being out there in the country yeah. now, yeah. you know. And so now I'm kind of living outside of Austin a little bit and it ain't the country country, but it's certainly not the city. Um, and I love being out here and, and it certainly uh It's different for your mom. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um it, I wouldn't say it calmed me, just, yeah, it took me a few more years to calm down, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, with all the nonsense, but uh, uh, it was cool, man, it was, a, it was a great experience, you know, I really enjoyed it, like I said, met a lot of great people, um, some really good friends of mine, um, and, you know, it was cool, man. Okay, so, so here's, it's funny,
0: we're going to jump ahead years, but I want you to kind
1: of rewind time
0: as I go along.
1: Right, right. right so,
0: absolutely. I'm 20, just turned 23. I'm a few months out of college. I just start my full-time job. First real full-time job out of college. So I'm like, well, all I did in college was drink and eat and sit around. So right. I need to get back in shape. So I go to 24 Hour Fitness in South Austin looking to sign up for a gym membership. And who do I see sitting across the table from me? <laughs> it's Michael here in a bright red shirt. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's just I haven't seen this guy pretty much since the day I graduated high school. So, it's been a legit almost six years since we even ran into each other. And, again, you know, guys who play ball together, but not necessarily friends. Right. Like, we're not sending each other Christmas cards. Right. But it's instantly from, you know, on your side, man, how you doing? How's it going? What you been up to? Like, this all love. Walk me, you know, as detailed as you can from you playing ball in school to you being a full-time personal trainer. We'll get you there.
1: So, so out of college, I... Uh... I moved to Dallas, um, and um, I was there for I don't know, a good four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, in, in between, you know, high school and college, like the summers coming home and whatnot. You know, I, I always did construction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and even even during high school, i will do a little bit of construction as well. Um, and so I, I had some fairly decent handyman skills and developed some some decent trade skills and whatnot. Um, and so I got into construction pretty soon, um, and it's funny. I it, well, my first job when I moved to Dallas was actually uh, I was working a uh, as a cash um, uh, registered. What do you call it? I was at a gas station. Okay, okay, uh, uh, you know. You cashier at a gas station. Yeah, cashier, yeah, yeah. there yeah. you go. Um, it's been so long. You're like, So I was there for a couple months, and and. Uh, they started remodeling the convenience store that I worked at mm-hmm. and I was like hey man you guys need any, any extra help you know and and they're like well what can you do and I started rambling off all these things that I had either like halfway done or seen done but I knew I could pick up pretty quickly because mm-hmm. um, I was fairly handy and so I just I listed everything you know mm-hmm. what I mean even if I knew I couldn't do it but I was like man I can learn it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn it and they are like really okay well shit you can start next week if you want you know and I was like sold you know and I started doing that and uh started off at 10 an hour worked my way up to be a crew leader and was within a year and was making over 20 an hour um with and, I mean it was non-stop work we were modeling I think they had over 60 stores on contract and mm-hmm. I came in when we had about 30 left so I came in about when they were about halfway done um and it was it was funny because because I started making some pretty good money pretty early you know and uh and uh, you know, because we had tons of tons of work, um, but it was sporadic. You know, because we'd have two or three stores lined up, and you know, you're looking at 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And but then, so after we got through those stores, there'd be uh, kind of a stalemate where we'd be two or three months out of work because we're waiting on inspections, mm-hmm. waiting on this side or the other. And so, you know, I was young and I didn't really save up my money. So I, by the time, uh, you know. We you know a couple you can't months i deal I'm with the downtime. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. you know so so I learned a little bit about saving money um, not a lot because I was still young and dumb and so but but uh, um, but it was cool you know and so finally you know we kind of ran out of work there and and I kind of always wanted to to be like a coach or, or a trainer of some sort because I always kind of just knew my way around in the weight room um, and I studied a lot and researched a lot when I was younger and. Uh, <clears throat> um, so I so they opened up a 24-hour fitness where I was living at the time, which was I believe like Duncanville Cedar Hill area, okay. which is just south of Dallas. And uh, the girl I was dating at the time, her brother was um, a uh, sales associate there, okay. selling memberships before the before the gym even opened up, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and he's like, "Man, you should apply," you know. And I was like, "Cool." So I did. And crazy story, the guy that's interviewing me. Come to find out, sitting across me, you know, we're, we're interviewing, and he's looking at my resume, and we're talking. He's like, "Man, you went to Taft?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I went to Taft," and I was like, "What?" and He's like, uh, "You worked at Golds off of Bandera." I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I worked at Golds off of Bandera," okay, and so it was just—he was a little older than me, you know. Huh. So, but uh he, so his name is Troy Grant. Um, he was actually a corner. I think we were in eighth grade. You know, he's about four or five years older than us. Okay. and And uh, he actually played in the NFL um, a few years for the Colts and I believe the Eagles. Um, but he ended up, so he ended up hiring me. You know, I got I got certified, and but then my background check came back, and so kind of tying back into the the what did you call it? loyal tough to a fault tough to a fault. So you know, so I failed my background check, and so I couldn't get hired on, obviously. And then so I went and kind of got a few things expunged and got that taken care of. And uh, lawyer fees, right? Lawyer fees, right, yeah. right, right. all that nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, you know, I, I think a year or two went by, and then I I applied. At, I had moved from the Duncanville Cedar Hill area. I was now living in Grand Prairie, Arlington area. Okay. And I went to applied at one of those locate at the location in there, and I got hired on immediately. Um, within four months, I was a fitness manager. It worked out pretty pretty well for me. Um, the guy that hired me um, ended up moving to a different location, and didn't have a fitness manager. And so it was kind of cool because there was two other guys that interviewed for, for the for the position who had been there over a year. I'd been there four months, um, but I, and I crushed it right out the gates. Right. Was doing really well, and and they gave me the, the job. You know, so I was uh, in charge of the the training department, uh, which was pretty cool. But at the same time, it was. Man, I made a ton of mistakes. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what I was doing as a trainer right. just yet, uh, much less having to manage trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and uh, so it it was tough, but it but it was a I, I was really blessed with some some uh, some great, and then so and then even crazier, um, I went through two or three club managers within that first year or two because the, the, the club I was at was one of the worst in the region. I mean, mm-hmm. it was sink or swim. You know, and so the, 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 the um, I mean, the uh, uh, trainers were, were dropping like flies. I mm-hmm. mean, if you couldn't, because you, you didn't get much, much. So the way training works, especially in a corporate gym, is a big portion of, w- of what you get from your clients is from the membership counters when they sell a membership and they, it's bundled with some training, right? And mm-hmm. then you flip it and, and continue. If you do a good job, they obviously want to continue training with you, right? Um. We we didn't get much help, if any, from our from our service, from our sales team. So we had to find the clients on our own. Which I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that hard, but but it was. No, it and is
0: you start you know? talking dollars and cents too. Right. right, is, right. Yeah. And we're talking two thousand and what is this like two oh nine?
1: No, I think this is uh, it's just like oh seven oh
0: eight. Okay. So if we're talking oh seven oh eight, this is before. CrossFit's a big thing. Right. Oh, this yeah. is before. i even been on six. Yeah, this is before everybody's out running 5Ks every weekend. So, fitness right. is different at this point. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you look now, everybody's in a gym or a part of a gym or something. Right. But then, yeah, at the time you're talking, this is still
1: like fitness as a regular lifestyle is still pretty new. So, you right. got to work
0: harder back then. Right. So, yeah,
1: I hear you. Right. And then, like I said, you add on that it's one of the worst clubs in the region. I mean, it was just, it, it was hard, man. Um, the the turnover rate for for trainers was was crazy. I think yeah. I went through like twelve in one year. You know what I mean? And but uh, but my man Troy, crazy thing is he. So he was at the club down in Cedar Hill, and uh, and then he got transferred up to one up in North Dallas, I believe Mockingbird. And then shortly after that, then he got transferred down to mine. So it was kind of cool. The guy that originally, and I hadn't really talked to him since then. Um, he came in as a club manager there, and I got to work with him for quite a bit, and uh, and he became one of my, you know, a big mentor for me, because he came up through the fitness department, um, and whereas most club managers came up through the sales department, um, so it was really cool getting to learn from him, and, and what was really cool too is with with it being one of the worst in the region, one of the 24-hour fitness corporate offices is in Dallas as well, so I was constantly at the corporate office having to answer questions as to why my yeah. club was doing so shitty, and and they obviously knew it was like that before I got there, but uh, but they got to do their job, you know. And, you know so, so, yeah. I, so I got to learn from some pretty cool people and some pretty smart people in in, in the fitness industry, and uh, and and it was cool, man. I was really really blessed to, to have worked at that club at that time with the people that were working for twenty four at that time as well, you know. And it really has helped me down the road as a as a business owner as I am now.
0: <clears throat> what gets you to Austin? What what puts Austin as the place you want to be?
1: So, um, so I always knew. Uh, well, once I started training, I knew I was like, all right. So I'm gonna, I want my own gym one day. You know, that's gonna be my end game. Is I'm gonna get my own spot one day. And um, I kind of, I, I didn't really want to do it in Dallas. I didn't want to go back home. Um, and so the the next best thing to, I wanted to get closer to home, mm-hmm. um, but not quite home. You know, it was Austin, and Austin is obviously huge, huge fitness, mm. you know, city. So it just worked out great. You know, and I had a couple nieces who, you know, who were growing up and then my youngest brother was getting into high school and mm-hmm. I wanted to be closer to be able to see them play and and uh and all that, you know, so No yeah. and the whole
0: thing for me, um again, I didn't move to Texas until sixth grade. Okay. So I don't grow up knowing about U T. Like uh-huh. I grew up knowing about A and that So when it got time to go to college, me being the progressor I am, I live in Texas. There's a school called Texas, it's an hour and a half down the road from my family, so it's close Perfect. enough to where I can go home, right. but far enough away to where I never have to go exactly. home. So yeah, no, I, exactly. yeah, I hear what you're saying, and then plus, you know, I like got my little sister down the road, you right. know, who's, who's growing up, and you know, we, we, of course, like the majority of our friends, even if they went to school in San Antonio, they're still kind of in that area, so you can go see the buddies when you want to, so yeah, I, I, I definitely understand that. So so yeah, you got, you got your family growing up, so... Do you go straight to that 24 in South
1: Austin? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, I actually, I came down and I kind of scoped out the scene, you know, a couple of weeks before the move. I, I wanted, because, you know, like I said, I was at one of the worst clubs, so I wanted to make sure I, I went into a to a good club. Right? Mm. I was kind of tired of non-stop hustle, you know, yeah. and uh, so I wanted to kind of be able to sit back and relax a little bit, so I, I looked at the first one, you guys, you come in as Palmer, you know, I looked at that one, which is a great, great um gym, you know, the, the, the club manager there was great when I met him and he gave me a tour and, and I liked it, but I didn't want to be north, you know, yeah. so I was like, let me go check out the rest of them. So then I looked at the Hancock location, which is another great gym, um, great spot. Um, that fitness manager kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, so I was like, yeah. Then I went down to William Cannon and uh, I was sold. Out. I really liked the mm-hmm. fitness manager, really liked the club manager, really liked the club, like the location, everything. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, and then it turned out too that uh, just my second year there we ended up being the the, the highest grossing from a fitness standpoint mm-hmm. um, you know a, a 24 hour in the country mm-hmm. and there's almost 500 you know mm-hmm. so it, so it worked out it really worked out <clears throat> and again
0: the whole thing about it you talk about you getting the promotion quick you being able to come there and find a gym like you're not gifted is a weird word to say but. Regardless of how gifted you may be. You work the hardest. You you really do. And like you said, you get that job off the strength of being there shorter than the other guys. Because when you go into an interview, it's easy for you to say exactly what you want to do. Because again, you you have never had a problem selling yourself. And physically, you didn't have an issue with that. Because it was, watch me go in here and do all the work you want me to do and more. And so, like, I'm just imagining that interview going, this is what I want to do, this is how I'm going to do it, and it working out that way. So, you know, you get to come down here, not only do you get to go to the gym you want to be at, um, but you end up helping that become the most successful one, okay? So, and I'm going to say you're welcome, because that's where I got my membership, so I'll take some credit <laughs> for
1: that. Okay, so... Well, so so real quick, so it's funny you say that about about the whole interview process, because I got... When uh, when I did that interview, um, you know, and after after I found out I got the position, I, I was pretty close to the um, to our service manager, mm-hmm. um, who was in charge of the front desk staff. And I asked her, you know, and she was sitting on the interview, um, as was our club manager and then our, our district manager. The district manager was the one doing the interview. He was asking me all questions, and I asked, I was curious to know what his response was. when I left, and she, they had already interviewed the other two. And so I asked her, I was like, so what did he say, like, right after, like, when I left? She's like, honestly, she goes, the first words and the only words out of his mouth were hands down. And I was like, yeah. So you, you knew right away? I yeah. I knew I killed it, you yeah. know. And and that's, you know, and, and interestingly enough, as I became a fitness manager and I was, as I myself had to interview people and, and you know, for, to be trainers, yeah. um, I would always tell people, because you get people walk up to you left and right, like, yo, man, you're hiring and, I would always say no, but we're always interviewing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and even if we were hiring, and because I wanted somebody who was going to look at that and be like, all right, I'm gonna get in there and crush the interview, and you, I'm not gonna give you choice. You're gonna, you're gonna have to hire me, even though you aren't hiring right now. You know what I mean? I wanted somebody like that, and more often than not, they'd be like, oh, don't worry about it, Dan. I just, you know, I'd be like, cool. I don't want you anyways. You know? Because yeah. I always took that mentality when I had somebody tell me like, we're not really hiring, but. You know, we're always interviewing, We're always taking applications. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna get in there, and you're gonna hire me. Yeah. Is how I took it. You know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah. And so, here's what I'm curious about. You go to this gym. You help make it the most successful gym. You and I talk, and I want to say, man, we might have been. I think it was Docs. I think we were Docs on, on South Congress. South Congress. Yeah. Funny enough. Um, and we're having a conversation, and you tell me. I'm looking at opening my own gym, and, and here's what you tell me, um, you said, man, I got this vision, I'm going to have my own stadium, I'm going to have a stadium, and I don't remember if it was bigger, faster, stronger at the time that you said, but you were like, it's going to be a complex, and we're going to have weights, we're going to have a place for guys to go out and run, and it was just that you had this, you know, this great plan, and I'm looking at you like, huh? Like is, yeah. he wants what <laughs> you know, but again, knowing you, I know that you know. Even if that doesn't exactly happen, you know you're going to make this your own thing. What was it that made you want to get out of that corporate environment and have your own gym? Um, uh,
1: more than that. was it, There, there was quite a few things. That and really
0: come. quick, even before you say that, the reason that another reason I knew it was going to work. You talk about having your interviewing but not hiring when we go back to that situation when you're on JV. Right. There's not a spot for you. Right. Like right then. There's 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 not enough room. There's not enough letters to give out. There's no room. But you made that spot happen. Like this is what you do. Right. Alright? And again, like we talk about you having those issues with the background check. When you're going for that job Based on what you have Who you are right then There's not that spot You take the time When we talk about it You know You're working hard You're making enough money To survive At your age Because you know You're doing the construction thing This money runs out Because the jobs aren't always there But You take that step back You take care of those things From your past Then you got the job So This is what you do You make your own spots What makes you Again Want your own spot as far as having your own gym and what
1: makes you go get that spot how does that come about so uh i like i said i I kind of always knew i wanted my own spot you know because when i got into training i originally saw it as a stepping stone to become what i first wanted to do which was be a strength and conditioning coach at a big division one university you know at ut or you know whatever alabama whatever um But then I fell in love with the whole, just like the one-on-one, you know, training and seeing the, you know, the go, you know, and I have athletes of all walks of life. I've trained them all, you know, and just as much as I love training the elite professional athletes, it's just as satisfying when I have somebody who's 70 years old and, um, you know, and they can balance on one leg for a minute for the first, you know what I mean? And when they can't even, I mean, they're falling down walking in here. They're so weak and just... You know, and their range of motion improved significantly, and just all these just little tangible things that I'm seeing, noticing, and and and, and they all improve, and um, so it's really cool. So I fell in love with that, and that's when I, I kind of knew like I'm gonna get my own spot. And so to fast forward to um, the, the move to Austin, and then you know getting my own spot. Um, so it was 2010, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and I kind of told, because um, I think I moved here in 09. I know we,
0: it was March of
1: 09 when you signed me up. At the yeah, so 09. 09. yeah, so I moved here in 09. Yeah, so I moved here in 09. So I've been at, in Austin for two years, I yeah. believe, at, at that time, right? And... Uh, um, but I was kind of, I, I feel like I kind of reached and you know, I was a master trainer. I had already been a fitness manager and I had reached kind of, I didn't want to go corporate. I didn't want to be a, 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 a club manager and a district manager and all that because then I'm not training anymore, Yeah. you know? So I kind of reached my ceiling, glass ceiling, if you will, as far as what I could do. I'm only limited to just the members. You know, there's not, I can't reach the whole city whereas obviously my own gym, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, So 2009, 2010. I'm sorry. At early on, I sat down with with my fitness manager. I was like, "Man, I said I don't know when. I said, but this year's gonna be my last year. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly when, but I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm diligently looking for a location. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to open up my own spot. And we had a great talk, and he was super supportive. And uh, and then I talked with my club manager about it as well, and the same thing. And then, um, so around, uh, around uh, August. Of that year, um, I found out I was going to be a dad, a father, you know. So I was like, "Boom, this is it. Now I'm gonna. I really have to do it, you know." Um, and so um, I kind of, you know, it was coming up towards the last quarter of the year, which is the worst quarter of the year for the fitness industry. Everybody disappears during mm. the holiday season because of food habits, right? right you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is understandable, you know. But then. On the, on the direct opposite, the first quarter of the year, you know, got the New Year's resolutions. Because yeah, then they see what they look skyrocket. like from the food. So. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly, you know. So so I knew to set myself up for success, I, I probably should wait for that first quarter, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and it gave me time to kind of plan things out as far as, you know, how to um, take my clients with me. Because... So, so the cra- everything happens for a reason, man. And I've been crazy blessed, man. It, it, it's 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 insane, you know. And so we just had literally all, like about the same time that where I finally I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. Um, we had two other guys quit, get fired. I forget what, but they kind of coached all of their clients um, how to get refunds on all their training packages, which mm-hmm. really screwed the gym over. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so that kind of put a bad taste in all of our managers' mouths. And so I told them, look, I'm, I'm going to leave it in December yeah. 31st, gonna Be my last day. You know, I told them months in advance. Yeah. You know, I was like, uh, I am going to take everybody with me. I said, but I'm planning all their packages, you know, 20, 30 sessions, whatever, mm-hmm. to where they will all be done mm-hmm. by that day. That yeah. way, nobody's going to ask for a refund. Yeah. And then, But then it works out perfect for me as well, because then right out the gates, everybody's paying me, mm-hmm. you know. Um so it worked out great, but the crazy thing, so everybody, everybody close to me um, that I love dearly and that loved me dearly, with the exception of one person, everybody mm-hmm. told me that it was uh, stupid, mm. horrible timing because my son was going to be born in February, mm. so I was going to be essentially doing this a month before he was before I was going to mm. become a father. Um, but my my wife. You know, my wife, my now wife, you know, we were dating at the time. She was the one. Who's great, by the way. Man, we'll probably she, talk about her a little bit later. Yeah, she's great. She, yeah. She's incredible, man. Thank you. Um, she was the one that had my back, you know. It was like, no, you can do this, you know. And so, and it, and it was crazy because I've always been one to, I've never been one to play it safe, you know. and, yeah. and right, I, asking, I know. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But, you know, so everybody was like, oh, man, it's crazy. Like, what if you fail? What if you fall flat in your face? And I saw that as, a, as the exact opposite. Like, this is like, there's no way I'm going to fail at this. I have to provide for my son now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way. Like, you're stupid. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Watch. Watch me work, you know? And, and that first year or two was rough, man. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it was really rough, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and without my wife, I don't know that I would have been able to do it, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, it worked out. And, and, you know, for the first couple years, I just kind of... Uh, Trained out of my apartment complex gym mm-hmm. so there's no overhead so that obviously helped mm-hmm. um you know and i had some loyal clients already you know who stuck with me but the crazy thing is like that first year which was totally unplanned nobody knew i had like five of my clients end up getting relocated out of state so bam, mm-hmm. they're gone so yeah. that was a huge blow and so i had to really start getting out there and hustle and you know but luckily i've been you know i've been really blessed with my abilities and and as a trainer, I've, I've established myself as a, as a pretty, pretty decent trainer here in town. And so word got out and, um, you know, my clients talked me up and, and word of mouth has worked great for me. And that's been my best marketing is just referrals and, and, and just doing a good job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: so here's what I want to talk about with that. Um, we talk about marketing and word of mouth. Hashtag be somebody. Oh, yeah. I am, you know, you live in this city. You're going up and down 35 right. all the time. Like right. That's where you go. Right. So I'm, I'm coming, uh, going back north. I'm assuming coming home from a weekend in San Antonio. I see you on a billboard. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> immediately. Yeah. in You know, middle of downtown. Yeah. How did you get linked up with those guys? And, and what exactly is uh, the hashtag Be Somebody app?
1: Yeah. So so it's so it's it's kind of an interesting story as well. Um, I actually was scrolling on Facebook and um, and I saw this cool video um, from a local gym here in town, Atomic Athlete, which is a bunch of great guys, it's a great gym, great facility, uh, run by a bunch of, uh, um, I know for a fact the owner and I believe a few of the other coaches are all you know, veterans, um, I mean, true badasses, snipers, special forces, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, heroes and uh they, they run a great facility there and and, and they they host a, an event every year that i've done once um but it's 31 heroes um workout event in august which i believe it's been a few years three or four years that we had 31 um elite special forces guys die in a, in a, in a helicopter crash in mm-hmm. afghanistan and one of the brothers i'm sorry one of the sisters of, of a, you know of a brother that that passed away actually lives here in austin and she kind of helped get it going and, and anyways um they actually posted a video of of the workout right and you know and be somebody did the was the production behind it and they kinda of did it and I was like man this is a cool ass video mm-hmm. you know and it was a great uh, uh just overall great video and then I uh, just scrolling and literally on the same as I'm continuing to scroll down I see another video friend of mine d mike who's a drummer i don't know if you know him in san antonio andrew you know Andrew Galvani, he kind yeah, of yeah, manages him, and you know and, and uh and he's an incredible drummer and there's a video on him that be somebody did and i was like what is this be somebody you know and so then i got on and, and figured it out and i got a hold of d mike and he talked to me about by. he's like man actually i was been wanting to get a hold of you and you need to link up with them da, 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 da. and uh and i was like cool so i got a hold of them and and uh or actually i think they they had a I got on their on their Facebook page and they had a, like a town hall meeting just kind of raise awareness about who they are and what they're doing and so I went to that and I uh, I was actually kind of surprising enough I was kind of just for whatever reason just not I was just being quiet and uh-huh. just kind of shy I guess mm-hmm. the majority of the time I was there that first time and I was fixing to walk out the door and kind of just mm-hmm. you know but then I was like man just go talk to this cat and so. Because I, we're just saying this
0: is this is different. Right. This is, um, you know, this is tech, and, and right. from you know everything up until this point, everything we're talking about. This is you having firm control of things. Right. This is you being able to, you know, for like a better way of saying it, use your hands right. to do what you need to do. Right, use right, your voice.
1: Right. So this is this is a new venture. So right, so absolutely. so you and the guy start to talk. How does it go? It goes really well. Matt Matt Bennett is his name, and he's actually um, at the time he was ahead of like the fitness. Um, people. So what they were doing is, and what they are is, is they're the world's first um, passion platform, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I actually was just speaking with Cash, the founder, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he got asked, what is it, where do you see be somebody in five years? And he said that he, want, he sees be somebody being the number one alternative to traditional education. Right, which is which is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, um essentially what they want and I and I believe what they will end up doing um is becoming that alternative, you know, to spending thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in college. Whereas you can focus on your one craft or one passion, the one thing that you really wanna do that you ain't gonna learn shit about in college. Mm -hmm. Why not just get on the app? get in touch with an expert. And as a matter of fact, he's already starting to do it because he just got a guy who's, who's he's like a flight instructor. He's mm-hmm. basically teaching his flight school on the app. So you can mm-hmm. literally learn how to fly a plane through the Be
0: Somebody. And here's what I think is cool. Um, So, of course, I've been working in private education right? pretty much since college. Right. And, yeah, yeah, you sure. know, it's, you know, why take... These basic courses, and I take these electives, and right. there's just one job you want to do. Exactly. And so, you know, from what I understand about be somebody, it's like you said. You got the guy Andrew manages D Mike, who's a drummer. Hey, want to learn how to play these drums? Boom. Don't pick up a trombone. Right. <laughs> Don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're yeah. Gonna, yeah, we're gonna put you with
1: the drummer. He's gonna show you how to play these drums. Exactly. So, so yeah, so. It's yeah. dope, man, you know, and, and, and you think about whatever it is that you want. I mean, they pretty much got somebody, some type of expert on the app that, that can teach you in some form or fashion, you know. Um, and it, it's, it's been a year, well, it hasn't even quite been a year since they dropped the app in the in the, the Apple store. Um, I think we're coming up on a year. I think, I don't remember if it was, I think it was November 11th, I believe, last year. So we're coming up on a year. And it obviously, you know, it's, it's a big learning curve, you know, for everybody involved for the, for the whole be somebody team. Um, and they, they matter of fact, they have a town hall meeting tonight that I'm going to and shit, you should come too, brother. Um, but, uh, there's a lot of new things and there's a brand new version of the app that they're fixing to launch and that it's, it's, it's money, man, it's money. So I'm excited, man. There's a lot of cool things that are going to come with the app and I'm going to, i've kind of fallen off a little bit um just because it is only available on a, on an iphone mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm a droid guy and uh you know so it's just it's hard to to stay on it with my ipad mm-hmm. and you know do i have wi-fi do i have my ipad with me and, mm-hmm. you know but uh, i've fallen off a little bit but I'm, I'm getting back on it you know um because of how great it is and i'm gonna get, get be a lot more actively involved with it um, getting the headquarters are incredible there i mean there's a there's a motocross track in the back of it. They got an outdoor basketball hoop. I mean, there's a helicopter landing on the head. I mean, it's yeah, it's awesome, man. Um, it's really cool, you know. And they're going to be doing some really, really cool things here uh, within the next couple of years. So I'm excited for it. So here's
0: another great story about about be somebody and about billboards. So your billboards on one side of the highway, right? Right. The other side of the highway, there's a be somebody billboard with uh, a guy who can teach you about martial arts. Yep. Okay? Yep. So, this guy is somebody we've known a really long time. Right. right? And, and it, it's funny. Us being, you know, guys grew up in Texas, it always goes back to football. Right. Right. Now, Michael tell you guys that when he was a freshman and sophomore, he wasn't the biggest kid. He wasn't the strongest kid. Right. Let me tell you who really wasn't the biggest and strongest kid. Me. <laughs> I was I a was hundred pounds soaking wet. And what they tell you is... You know, when you're a freshman in high school, everybody's the same size and your body develops and all that. I remember this kid from Marshall High School, San Antonio, who was dragging me up and down the field to the tune of, I don't know if they dropped 40, 50 points on us, I don't know. Yeah. His kid's name is Daniel Jolly. Daniel Jolly is, you know, one of the best athletes I've ever seen. And when we say athlete, this is a guy who was big. He was—he's big and strong and fast, right? Yeah. That's how that works, right? Yeah. So, the kid uh, ends up playing football at Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays football at Texas state. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up big time martial arts guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, from my understanding, you correct me if I'm wrong. You guys were not the best of friends growing up. <laughs> now, it always goes back to yeah. this: a tough to a fault. Okay, right. it was right, right. you know. Um, chip on your shoulder might not be the right thing but it was there's this big tough guy over here that I don't like right I'm this big tough guy over here right and we can't be big tough guys at the same time right okay no, so um, it, man. All right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: there was no reason for us not to like each other yeah. we were just dumb man. we were knuckleheads you yeah. know and so yeah we actually uh, you know he kind of uh, I guess for lack of a better way to put it I guess ran his high school and uh-huh. I guess for lack of a little bit, I ran these things, high school these things are true these things are true and, uh, you know, and, and we met up a couple of times and, uh, and we kind of, um, did our way of working things out, yeah, you know, cool. and lucky for him, he and I never went toe to toe. Make sure you
0: not sure get to hear this. But, yeah, here.
1: but no, like, you know, our, our crews, quote unquote, had some, had some pretty, uh, pretty crazy, uh, brawls, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, you know. One, the first time they had us outnumbered and got the better of us, and the second time the roles were reversed a bit. Um, so, yeah, we, we go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, we uh we hate each other, yeah. you know. Um, so, we're talking about we're, we're kids at this point still, right. you know. Right. Um, 16, 17, yeah, get
0: no nice. me from, from a kid getting kicked over the bushes. I don't know if you were there for that, but I remember that story. It was some kid, it, it might have been you guys, but yeah, you kicked the kid over some bushes one time. Get me from the kid who kicks kids over bushes to... Oh, that he did? Yeah, that he did. He
1: was like, I yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, I heard about <laughs> yeah. that. Kid, yeah.
0: Take me from that to you being the guy he goes to when he needs to get in shape for a mixed martial arts fight. What gets
1: us there? So it's funny. Um, that We go back to uh, that 24-hour fitness in South Austin off William Cannon. Um we actually, uh, I saw, so I saw him, and I was like, "There's no way that's him," because he was he was tiny. You know, in high school he was 230, 240. You know, and uh, and at that time I had I had put on some size, and I was about 230, 240. And and he looked like he was less than 200 pounds. And and he actually was. He was trained for a couple of amateur fights. Now I think he did one, if not two, of his amateur fights at 185. Mm-hmm. Which, to, I mean, to come down from 240, I mean, that's a big drop, yeah. you know. Um, and so he was way smaller than what I remember him being. And I was like, that's not him. And uh, and then he came in one day with a Marshall football shirt on. And I was like, that is him. That's it, You God. know, yeah. and so I went up to him, I said, man, you remember me? And he's like, yeah, I know who you are. And uh, and it was funny. And we just kind of, we shook hands and just, mm-hmm. we were both past that bullshit, you know. Yeah. So we were grown men at that point. And so we just got to talking and he had told me he was – Getting into MMA, and uh, I think he had just got done with, with one of his amateur fights, mm-hmm. and, and uh, with his third amateur fight, and he, which he was undefeated three and zero as a AMI. Um And then so I was like, you know, uh, I said, man, I, I can help uh, train you, you know. I'll get you be strength and conditioning coach. I'll get you ready for a fight. You can teach me some grappling or something, mm-hmm. you know. And and, he, and it kind of just uh, grew from there, you know. Um, it's it funny, you know. And now now he's, he's my brother, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's family, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy how life works out like that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> okay.
0: And so, okay, so where you and I are together here, you know, a month or two ago, right? Has a fight, doesn't necessarily go the right way, okay? Mm-hmm. And, again, I talk about knowing you at a certain age to knowing you now. The reaction was different. It was still, you know, you not really wanting to talk to anybody. You not wanting to be in that space. But at the same time, you know, you're there with your kid. And so the way you handle it emotionally is just different to me. Um, The reason I kind of bring that up, I know um, how close you are with your brothers. Um, Right. You have your. Now, is it just um, Eddie and your youngest brother that you have? No, I have an older sister. There's an older sister, okay. Correct. Um, And and when I say that about your brothers, you know, Eddie um, spent some time in the military. Right. All right. Right. Um, and having a conversation about that, you know, you did feel like living in your shadow couldn't contributed to that. He
1: wanted to go out and prove himself, right? Um, no, no, he always wanted to be a Marine. Okay, he so that was the thing was, that really yeah, was from, from As majority. far as I can remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah both, both of our granddads uh, served in World War II. One was in the Navy. The other was a Marine. He wanted to be like my grandpa okay. and be a Marine. Yeah, yeah. Your youngest brother, um,
0: who turned out to be a really good athlete. Right. I remember, um, I think my sister actually came up, because they're around the same age. Right. My right, sister right. came up to see him, Um, you know, play up here in the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah. Um, the reason I bring up your brothers I know how close you are. I get to watch, sometimes, every once in a while in person, but on social media, I get to watch your two little boys. I get to watch them together. And it's just, again, us not knowing each other as kids, those two kids really love each other. And it's, I protect my brother always. And my brother protects me always. And we give each other a hard time every now and again. Nobody comes between that. Is that something that you feel like they got from you guys? How you guys interacted, because I'm thinking I know you and Eddie are fairly close in age. What is it, two year
1: gap? Year and a half.
0: A year and a half. Okay, and then your youngest brother is a bit younger than you guys. Right. But does that parallel kind of your relationship with Eddie? Because from what I saw, it was kind of you leaving Eddie to his own devices. At least when we were in high school, like Eddie kind of ran. You know, he played ball. Eddie kind of right. ran with his guys, and you were kind of off to the side with yours. Now. Was it more you guys doing your own thing? Or did you kind of keep
1: Eddie as close as, as your guys are? No, I definitely kept him close. You know, um, yeah, Eddie and I, you know, we were best friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I used to say this a lot. Like, I, I you know, I mean, we're grown now. You know, we got our own families. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so we're not as close as we would both like to be lately. And we actually had a conversation about that about a month or two ago. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. Yeah he says all the time that I had yet to meet a pair of siblings that I felt were as close as he and I were, mm. you know, growing up, um, all the way through high school and even through, you know, even through his, his, uh, time in the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, that was my man, was my right hand man, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I definitely, um, hope and pray that, that my boys have that same relationship, you know? Um, and it's crazy. My mom, my mom, something that I never even thought twice about. My mom had mentioned this years ago. Um, you know that my senior year, you know we had our football pictures, mm-hmm. and Eddie was a sophomore, and uh, you know the oh, the whole football team. You know, I think varsity, JV, and freshman. We all took pictures in the same day, mm-hmm. and so so the JV Eddie was out there with the JV guys, and and we were over here doing our thing, and um, and you could take individual pictures. You could take, and then you could have like. You know with your uh, 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 positions, get your mm-hmm. position groups, like you know, the linebackers could take pictures, and then just with your boys, yeah. whether, no matter who they were, you could, you know. And so, I took a picture with a couple of my boys that were on the team. Uh, I know Mario Dago was one of them, mm-hmm. um, Andrew Galvano was another, um, and then I forget, there might have been one or two others, and then and J- and San Miguel might have been in, yeah, for, yeah, and uh, and I. I grabbed Eddie. I pulled Eddie. I wanted Eddie to be in there mm-hmm. as well. And uh, my mom, that like she talked about that and was like getting teary eyed because it was a big deal to her that you know here I was this quote unquote you know the big varsity you're, you're, you're guy and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and, and but I didn't give two shits like that's my brother he's gonna be in the picture with me yeah. you know what I mean and I never thought twice about it. that's that, you know it's, it's my brother mm-hmm. you know? but I guess at the end of the day there are a lot of guys that don't see their kid brothers like that yeah and don't include them like that, you know, um, which blows my mind, yeah. you know, because I've never thought of not including my brother in something that I'm doing, um, and I hope, and I pray, and I am doing my best to guide my boys to, to be the same way with each other. I think, we talk
0: brotherhood, I think um, the coolest thing that you do as a sign of brotherhood is what you do every September 11th. Um,
1: you still got to get out there, man. Uh, yeah. I don't, oh,
0: don't want to put that out there. But, um, <laughs> no, yeah, so you do um, kind of a, and fill in the details, but it's kind of a simulated 9-11 walk um, up Mount Benel Correct. Which is kind of you creating the, uh, the path that the first responders had to take, um, at least... You know, recreating the amount of distance they had to cover, right. um, in order to get to, um, you know, potential survivors of right. the um of what happened on 9-11. Right. Now, um, I always tell this story. I remember where I was that morning. It was uh, it was me and uh, was me and Peanut, matter of fact, me Peanut Stein and Rob Moreno. Me and Peanut get to school. We're up in the varsity locker room. Yeah. Rob Moreno and Stein are already in there, and we're they're watching the news. And then we kind of see the um, the second plane hit. Like, we're watching right. this. So, to give people perspective, we are, gosh, this was 01, right? Correct. So, we're juniors, juniors? We're juniors in yeah. uh, in high school. So, we're, you know, cognizant of what's going on. So, tell me about um, what you do at
1: Mount Benel and what kind of pushed you to do that. So, I was in the locker room then, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I, I was there, too. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, so, Um. Five years ago, I, uh, so a, a big organization that I've been pretty actively involved with as well is Team Red, White, and Blue, mm-hmm. and the founder actually grew up in Syracuse with a lot of my family. Mm-hmm. My dad's from Syracuse, upstate New York. And you just know,
0: so you guys know, he has a Syracuse hat on right now. I talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, go Orange, baby. But, uh, so, um, and my cousin had posted something about about White and Blue, you know, and his friend Mike Irwin, you know, the founder. And, and, and I, I got on, and I looked at it, and at the time, um, Eddie, I believe, had just gotten back from Afghanistan, or it, it was either he just got back, or he was, or he had just got out of the Marine Corps, one or the other. Okay. And uh, you know, he did two tours. You know, got wounded in in Iraq. Um, you know, I've been through some things, and uh, you know wasn't in, in the best place, um, you know, and so, I, you know, I was always trying to find something I couldn't relate to him in the things that he had seen and done, you know, I'm a, a you know, and so I couldn't necessarily sympathize with him. I would empathize as best I could, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I always kind of wanted to give back to veterans. I kind of regretted not going in with him. And so that was a big weight on my shoulders and, um, Well, it was around 9-11, and the founder of RWB actually posted something on Facebook about having a moving tribute, what he called on 9-11, and basically it meant just to get out and move on September 11th to pay tribute um, in honor of the fallen, and it was kind of just like, I don't care, you know, where you are, who you're with, it can be your everyday workout routine, it can be something extra, whatever, just get out and move and kind of Kind of uh, um, direct that towards paying tribute for the fallen. So I had an idea. I was like, man, let's do something. Let's let's go big, go home, and let's get up on Mount Benel and climb it. So I did the math to figure out how many steps would equate to running up each twin tower once. And so there's 99 steps on Mount Benel, and uh, there's no exact number that I could find, but but a story or a a flight of stairs roughly is 20 steps. So did the math, and so up and down Mount Benel. Well, up Mount Benel. So you, the down includes included, but up Mount Benel 44 times is equivalent to running up each Twin Tower once. Um, and that, that first year, it was about a month out that I that I you know I made the event page on Facebook, and we had about 20, 30 people show up, and now we have over 100 each year. And we've got first responders come out, veterans. and People from out of town coming in for it. Um, this year, we were on three different local news stations, um, you know, raising awareness for it. And and uh, they did stories on it. And it's great, man. You know, it's just kind of an event to kind of get out and pay tribute um, to the fallen and, uh, and honor them, obviously. Um, and I've done it. I didn't do it this year, but the last three years, I've done it in full firefighter gear, along with a couple of my friends that are firefighters as well. And, that, man, that's tough. Yeah. It's rough. Um, but there's no better way In my opinion to, uh, to pay tribute You know On a day like that So
0: You're 17 Mike You're 17 You're An athlete Who Is a hard worker Okay Ran into some things Ran into some issues um, But You know Found a way to get through those Took some time But you found a way to get through them. You sit there today yeah, You own your own business. Right. All right. You got a wonderful wife, great kids. all right. right, And you matter out here in the community. All mm-hmm. right. If anything, you are proof that hard work does pay off. Now, like right. you said, you had some good people around you and you caught a few breaks. But, again, me knowing you as long as I've known you, the majority of this you did yourself. All right. How does your life where you've been how does it translate to out there people who can't see me i'm pointing towards the direction of all, all all the weights and ropes and running area what do people get from you as as a trainer and as a mentor and as a coach bigger faster stronger training uh
1: that's a good question um
0: I told him I was gonna embarrass him. This is like this is like <laughs> the fourth time he got had to sit back. So yeah, what do they get from you based on all your experiences, Mike?
1: I would say uh, rawness, realness. You know, uh, I'm not one to sugarcoat much. Um, I call it how I see it, and I'm not one of those type. You know, in the in the training world, in the fitness community, it's often compared because Biggest Loser is such a big popular show. Mm-hmm. You know, you're either you're either Bob or you're Jillian. I'm definitely not a Bob. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not quite as Jillian's a little out there, you yeah. know, with how she is. I'm not anywhere near that either. But I would say I'm a little closer to that in a sense that, you know, I'm not gonna baby you. Well,
0: let me put an example in I, just so people know, really quick. Um, so Mike got me to come out here one time and work out. And the workout's going okay. It's definitely, you know, it's me coming in. Yeah, I've been lifting a little bit. I'm getting back in shape. There's nothing you can show me. And, yeah, I got my ass kicked pretty bad. Now, it was all fair and it was all good. But the thing that I remember, I forget exactly what we were doing. It might have been like 90-second planks or something like that. And I'm doing I'm like, oh, this is so tough. And you look at me and you say, hey, it might be because your abs aren't very strong. And it was the way that you said it, where you know, it was funny, and, and I wasn't offended at all, but right. it was like, you know, like, hey, that's just what it is. It was, it wasn't stern, it was factual, but it was presented in a way that I was like, you know what, okay, I see how much I can do based on that, Right. I can get better from that.
1: So, so it's funny you say that because uh, I was just about to get into something like that, you know, that... What they get from me, and and I actually and I learned this from you know touching back on you know it, the people that I've been around and, and, and worked under um, a guy by the name of Steve Darte. He was our regional manager, I believe, at the time. And uh, a lot of people didn't necessarily I think they didn't like him, but uh, but he was a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he didn't care about your feelings. He he told you what you need to get done, and either. Um, you, you did well, or you, or you, you, you didn't, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and uh, I really liked the guy. I really, really liked the guy because um, he was just full, full of information, man. And, uh, and, he, and he was fast talker, man. And he was a, he was go getter. But uh, one thing, that, and, and there was a lot of things that he he, he would say that that really I've stuck with, but. One of the things that, that really, really, really stuck with me and I try to live by it is, you know, you know, everybody knows the golden rule, you know, treat others how you like to be treated. He's like, he's like, man, no, that's not accurate. You need to treat others the way they want to be treated because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And the way I want to be treated is different than how somebody else can want to be treated. For instance, and as he's saying this, my wheels are spinning, and I'm like, no, he's right. 'Cause I personally as a trainer, as an athlete, I personally work better and harder when I have somebody yelling, screaming at me, telling me I'm a bitch that are you serious? <laughs> That's all you're <laughs> fucking doing, you know? Yeah. Um so 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 I've done, I feel like a pretty good job at establishing a pretty good um I, I wouldn't say judgment, but just kind of how I can really tap into each individual's inner, you know, fire and, and what's going to get them going, you know? And so, so everybody gets a little something different from me because everybody's different, you know? So I would say that what they get from me is obviously kind of, you know, I'm going to treat you the way I feel like you want to be treated now. And I, and, I, and, I, and I started to say, I don't baby people. But I do. There are certain people that need to be baby because me. they need, that. right. I got you. you know? And so I got no problem with doing that, you know, but then there's a type like me Who love being yelled and screamed at, you know, and so I got and and there's obviously everybody in between. So that's one thing that I that I've really uh, um, been blessed with the ability to kind of be pretty quick on on how to read people and and what gets them going, what gets their motor going, you know, and so that's the biggest thing I would say that the, the biggest plus positive that you're gonna get from me is that is that you're gonna be able to get motivated in here, you know what I'm saying, Uh, I'm going to be able to figure it out, you know, it may take, others may take longer than, than others, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to get you going, you know,
0: so. Mike O'Hara is, he's a high school football player, he's a college football player, he's a rebel without a cause, (laughs) he's a cashier, (laughs) he's a construction worker, he's, you know, a personal trainer. Um, He is a dad, he's a husband, he's a community leader, and he is the owner, proprietor, head trainer of Bigger, Faster, Stronger Training, and at this point, he's my friend, and all those things are really appreciated. Mike, I hope you have fun. I hope I didn't pull too many tears out of you, man. Nah, man, it was
1: it was cool, man. I I appreciate this opportunity, man. It was a cool experience, you know. Yeah. I really appreciate you and shit, man. You're doing big things too, man. I I gotta say, I really enjoy uh you make my day fun and shit. You know, all, all your your posts uh, on <laughs> social media yeah, and and, uh, and and I'll tell you too, one thing too, man is you've really opened my eyes on a lot of uh, on just a lot of different social um. and and, uh different uh it's a big world isn't it yeah man you know what i'm saying it's a big world Uh, man you know and it's cool you know because you know as a young kid in high school and college you know i mean there's so many things that 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 you think you know or you think you believe and and as you get older and and being a father changed my perspective on Mm -hmm. a ton of things as well um you know but uh but I really enjoy reading all your stuff, man, you know, on social media. And I enjoy the things that you're doing. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to this podcast because I know it's going to be huge, man. I know you're going to blow it up. So I'm, I appreciate you, brother. Here we go, there we go, man. Good times. There we go.